You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Better Man Podcast. My name is Adam Tarno. Today on the podcast, the one, the only, Jenny Allen joins us. We're going to be talking about her new book that came out earlier this year called Find Your People. It's all about building deep community in a lonely world. It is an incredibly relevant and timely message, especially after what we've just been through over the last couple of years with social distancing and sheltering in place and lockdowns and workplace disruptions and the whole conversation now about return to office, all that kind of stuff. Uh, There's a lot of us out there right now that might be feeling a little bit lonely, uh, where we maybe had deep community and we've lost it, or going through the past couple of years has really just indicated that we didn't have a community that was as deep as we maybe hoped it was. And so Jenny's message is relevant. It is timely. I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from her. This is a slightly different interview, and I'm telling you, she's got a word for us that is going to be so helpful and so encouraging. So with all that being said, enjoy my brief uh, but powerful conversation with Jenny Allen. Okay, we're trying to first for better, man. Right above me, on the floor above me, is the headquarters for If Gathering, Jenny Allen and her team. And so my buddy, Aaron Rose, who is the producer of this podcast, Sound of a Rose. You guys, you've probably heard me talk about them. We had this idea of what if we did a micro interview? So I'm literally walking through the hallway right now. All right. Hi. Is she ready? I'm Adam. I'm You're up here Adam. to see Jenny. Hi. Just real quick. Awesome. I, I've let got me. I'll five take minutes. you yep. to oh, where is she, she is. Oh, she's, she's somewhere else. We are. Um, she's in the studio today. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I'm Brooke. Brooke, nice yeah. to meet you. Nice I'm to Adam Tarno. Now, some of you may be listening and still asking yourself, who is Jenny Allen? And I would love just to give you a little bit more background on who she is. She's the founder and the visionary of If Gathering. She's also a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, She's written the book that we're talking about today, as I mentioned, Find Your People. But she's also written a book called Get Out of Your Head, Made for This, uh, Anything and Nothing to Prove. She's a frequent speaker at national events and conferences, and really her whole life is just devoted to trying to catalyze a generation to live what it is that they say they believe. Uh, From an education perspective, she's got a master's in biblical studies from Dallas Theological Seminary. She lives here in Dallas. Uh, She's married to her husband, Zach, and they have four kids. You're going to really enjoy getting to know more of Jenny Allen. Hi, this is Adam. There we are. What's are up? Doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Hey. Are you ready? I am. One question. That's it. Here's, here's your... Are you oh, wow. I'm not joking at all. We just got to hold it just like right here. All right. So let's talk about find your people. Okay. I know that if gathering primarily, you know, your target demographic is women, but you have a husband, <laughs> you have sons, uh, and I love your observations on men and different things that you and I have talked about. I, I remember, like, you'll be in an event, and it'll be 90% women there, but you're always like, I'm so encouraged by what the men say yeah. after they hear you speak or things like that. So in your just what you're seeing out there in the culture of the church world, are men struggling to find their people any more than women, or are there some unique struggles that you see with men on this topic right now? Yeah, and I would say even in the last— few years, I've definitely seen a shift that I don't think people care um, if it's a woman or a man talking so much. I think they just are are eager to grow and to be connected to God and connected to each other. And I do notice that 
men actually struggle with this issue more. And I think it's because men are not as vulnerable quickly. And so it's more difficult for them to initiate that, I think. And that's a very general statement. There's certainly exceptions to that. But as I've talked to them, that probably, it, it feels more awkward for them. That's a bigger leap. I think it's a leap right now for women too, just because we're coming out of a season of isolation with a pandemic. And we probably weren't good at this to begin with, but certainly have gotten out of practice even more so. Yeah. And so, and yet we're craving it more than ever. So that's the positive, but I would say this is definitely a universal issue. We are all needing to work on our relationships and to be more intentional and to take more initiative and to go deeper than we were going. And and I think it's, people are hungry for it. So that's, that's the positive. Yeah, so as you're having conversations with Zach, uh, as you were writing, uh, Zach is your husband, as you were writing the book and then you've gone around speaking about this, like what are some of the things he's learning or that you've heard him say about this? I'm not asking you to speak for him, but have you heard him say any little like, oh, this is really good. This is helping me with this. Um, anything that's come well, to mind there? we live this out, right? Like, this is how we live. We're in a small group where we're really, really committed to doing life with a, a small group of people that know everything about us, right? This is how we live. And so I don't think he thinks anything is revolutionary to him. This is how we've set up our, our home, our life, the way we um, actually, you know, he was a church planner for years. And so our home was a revolving door of people. This is how we want our family to be. Um, we're committed to this set of values that require a lot from both of us. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of sacrifice if you're going to live this way where you, you don't have um, as much privacy, right? Like we, we're definitely open book people and, and a lot of people really know us and they speak into our lives. And, and that's everything from marriage to parenting to finances yeah. to our, um, our work. And yeah. so, I, I, you know, I think that it definitely for couples, this is a struggle because I think everybody, every couple has one that might be more prone to want this in their lives and another one that might be more prone to be at home yeah. a lot. And, and so I would say Zach's probably the one that is more prone to be at home, but he's seen the value of it and he wants this in his life. That's awesome. So like, uh, so I've got 13 year old, 11 year old, two boys. And sometimes they'll push back on the way that Jackie and I are like trying to encourage them to be friends with their friends right now, like owning their stuff, not gossip. I mean, basic things, but it's almost like nobody does this, you know, or be some like, so, and you've got older boys than me. So have, as you and Zach have been trying to live this out and as you are trying to shepherd the hearts of young men, you know, in your own home, how have you been trying to push them? Like, I know, fight through this awkward, this may seem weird, but this is worth it to, to build these friendships. This I'm way. about to say something that I think might be controversial because I don't ever hear it, but but I know it's true because I've raised two sons and I've seen, we've lived in different towns and we've been at different schools, private, public. Guys are horrible to each other growing up. Like, I don't know what that is. I Girls actually are more manipulative and they might keep, you know, privately like gossip or something. Guys just speak horribly to each other. It is like, I don't know if it's a form of bonding, like smack talk or whatever. Weird. yes. And yet both of my sons I've had to, like they come home more beat up than my girls have. And, and I think that's pretty universal. I'm not seeing it, um, I'm not seeing it argued. And, and I don't know what that is. I think it's a form of male bonding, but I just have had to teach my sons to have thick skin and to go through the day um, still trying to teach them to be kind. And, and so I think it is hard for guys. I think there's, there's 
a veneer or a, they're throwing up a guard to protect themselves to just get through the day. And that makes me sad. And I hope that that there are places for men listening right now where they feel safe and that there is a place for vulnerability in their lives because there is no connection without vulnerability. And you cannot have a truly deep relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with your coworkers, with your friends, unless you are vulnerable. And vulnerability requires safety. And so I feel sad that for men that is harder. And I think even young men especially, that's harder. And so one thing we do at home is it is an absolutely like you, we have a policy where you can never diminish anyone at home. And I know that people are listening going, my kids fight all the time. We didn't let them like we made them work it out. We put them in a room and locked the door until they figured it out. Like you are going to be get along and you are not gonna disparage other yeah. members of this family yeah. because the world is so harsh and the world is so mean and I couldn't control the world for them, yeah, yeah. but I could control our home. And, and so we just, I'm not saying they never speak horribly to each other, but if I ever hear it, their little world comes down because we are just committed to in this house, you are safe. In this house, you are loved. In this house, you are protected. And that's, that was a culture setting thing. We, we were committed to it and that took a lot of work. I love how she ended that, where she said that guys talk terribly to each other. The moment those words came out of her mouth, I was like, that is true. If you could be a fly on the wall in the Tarno household right now, over the last couple of years, there have been probably three, four, maybe five conversations that my wife Jackie and I have been having with our boys 13 years old and 11 years old, about the way they talk, not just to each other, but the way their friends talk to one another. Uh, This is starting so early for them as it started for me. As I think back, it started in those late elementary school into middle school, high school, and college years. Uh, This is what guys do, and and I don't know why we do it, but we do. We, We just so often talk horribly to one another. We're putting each other down. We're making fun of each other. We're insulting one another. And I think Jenny uh, was right on in making that observation. I mean, joking and poking fun and uh, trying to have fun, that is definitely a part of guy culture. That is definitely a part of what we do as men. Uh, But I know how easily, how easily that good-hearted joking can cross the line and just become unhelpful. And so the word for us is probably the word that you're thinking of with all of this, or the scripture that maybe came to mind uh, was the same one that for you, was the same one that came to mind for me, and it's Ephesians 4.29. I love what Paul says here. His admonition to us is this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is, and I love the words he used here, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may be a benefit to those who listen. I love those words, helpful and benefit. One of the simplest and easy ways for us as guys uh, to find and keep our people is to speak what is helpful and to speak what is a benefit to one another. Uh, we don't have to tear each other down. We don't have to constantly make fun of one another. We don't have to constantly insult one another, just uh, at, you know, make fun of somebody at their expense just to make the other guys laugh. We don't have to do that. We're not competing with one another. We're not trying to win any sort of life competition with one another. We're trying to just uh, be friends. And because we're not competing with one another, uh, we can encourage one another. We can speak what is helpful, and we can speak what is beneficial. And you know what it takes? It just takes a leader. It just takes somebody to go first, because here's what I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen the same thing too. Language is contagious. And I'm not talking about like language, like bad language, like cuss words or anything. I'm just talking about when guys get together 
the way we talk is contagious. And so when we get together, if somebody starts with that joking or somebody starts with that insulting talk, it's just going to keep up because it's contagious. Once somebody starts that conversation moving in that direction, usually all of us guys, we're just going to follow along with whoever started the conversation moving in that direction. But because language is contagious, somebody can also stop it when that happens. If somebody starts with the helpful words, if somebody starts with the beneficial words, if somebody starts encouraging, that too can be contagious. And so, Jenny, thank you. Uh, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for sharing time with us before you uh, take some a season of much-needed rest. I know you and your family, you all have worked, and, and the team up there at If Gathering, you all have worked so hard over the last couple of years. You deserve this break that you're about to take. And so thank you for being generous with your time uh, before you take some time off. And really, uh, just thank you for sharing your observation with us, that you were a great friend to a lot of guys today, to a lot of us men today, and so uh, we are grateful for that. We needed that reminder to not let that unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but speak what is helpful and beneficial to those who are listening. And so listen, if you're listening here and you're you want to find your people, uh, then this is what Better Man does. This is what we want to do. We want to help you with that. So go to betterman.com and learn uh, how you can bring the Better Man experience to your church or to your community. This can help you find people. This can help you meet people. This can help other people who are looking for their people find their people. Uh, Better Man is here to help. And so go to betterman.com to figure out how we can help you find and keep your people. This is what we're meant for. This is what we exist for, is to be able to help men uh, on this journey. And so go to betterman.com to learn more about that. This episode, like all of our episodes, was mixed and edited by that amazing team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we've got for today on the Better Man Podcast. We'll talk to you again next time.